0: So. Sure. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to a special episode of the Think Peace podcast. Uh, David and Brennan are not with us tonight, but I do have two special guests with a unique knowledge of tonight's subject matter, which is music. Um, One of the things that keeps us sane in our day-to-day lives and has kept me sane throughout all this madness is art. You know, music, movies, TV shows, books, photographs, paintings, uh, things that allow us to escape or forget Uh, find hope, seek solace in common emotion. And for me, those are pretty much in the order in which I I use them. Um, music is at the top of my mood altering mandates that sort of helps me get through my day. Even before all this, um, helps me celebrate, mourn, enjoy, forget all of that stuff. So in our current situation, uh, we are rightfully implementing social distancing and, uh, the main tool for artists to connect with their fans and gain new ones has almost completely been erased. And that, what I'm talking about is, is live performances. So live shows, you know, offer us the ability for an artist and a band to showcase their music in different places, get music out to new people and keep themselves afloat through ticket sales, um, album sales, <laughs> merchandise sales. So tonight I'm joined by two musicians uh, my brother-in-law Kentucky native Drew Carmen who recently put out uh, an EP The Wilderness uh, under the name of Carmen AD. Drew played and toured with Athens-based uh, Corduroy Road for what about four to five years Drew is that right?
1: Yeah I mean full-time touring for four to five years and yeah. then I was you know, a little bit longer than that on and off you know.
0: And uh, then he moved to Austin, Texas and, you know, spread his musical seed farther and wider throughout these uh, these two communities. And this is his first uh, sort of solo effort with a bunch of his friends, uh, musicians out there. The other guest tonight on Think Piece is uh, Eric Bolander, also a Kentucky native singer songwriter. He's been playing in central Kentucky and around the region in different bands for over a decade, um, Eric is a colleague of mine at Henry Clay High School, where he teaches art and photography. He is also a musician whose latest recording, "The Wind," has received critical acclaim throughout the region. Um, both these guys, crazy, have opened for Grammy winners. Um, insane to, to say, um, and also played, you know, to crowds of scattered handfuls um, having conversations, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Louder than, uh, (laughs) that, you know, (laughs) when people are having conversations louder than the PA. So they bring particular insight into tonight's topics. Um, and really what we want to get into guys is what is the impact this social distancing is having on musicians and the music community? Uh, what maybe we've missed through all this craziness, um, and what we can do to help. So thanks guys for being on. And, thanks uh, for having me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Thanks for having us, man.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, gentlemen, uh, you, you know, like I said, both of you guys have been, been doing, uh, well, have been touring and, and making music for over a decade now. So, uh, individually, how have you guys, as musicians, been personally impacted by, um, by social distancing, uh, live gigs not happening, et cetera? So, Eric, you want to start um, us off there, brother?
3: Yeah, I'll start you off. So, I, I have the. Uh, I'll just start off by saying, fortunately, like you mentioned, I'm a colleague of yours. Uh, fortunately, I'm your colleague, and also fortunately, I have that day job. Oh,
0: that, that's that's <laughs> way um, too nice.
3: So I'm not I'm not as financially strapped as uh, a bunch of my friends, and I, and I think we'll get to that in the next question. But um, um, I will say personally, I've lost 22 gigs um, through the end of April. And I have tour dates May first, second, and third. So those will probably go by the wayside. And I, th- I think when I say I'm part time, I played hundred shows last year um, as a part time musician. I really, I really say I have. <laughs> I have more full time really, than most most places. Yeah, Yeah, know. <laughs> so I really, right. and yeah, put out a record and 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 all that, but. Honestly, you know, it's two jobs. Well,
0: let's be honest, you don't really work at Henry Clay. You know, know. uh, right, right. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I get paid the same as the AP chemistry
3: team. (laughs) I paid attention to career day. (laughs) 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 But uh, so financially, you know, what I'm able to do because of that during this, this time is not stress over the money that I'm losing. Right. losing those gigs and those opportunities but having said that part of it it does strap me on the music career side of things because i don't pull out of my pocket anymore for paying for my music career my music career pays for itself
0: right. so right, right. when i'm
3: not touring and not gigging that stops so currently i'm sitting on two singles that haven't well we haven't finished mixing and and I haven't sent it to get it mastered yet, and then there's going to be artwork that I hire out for because I'm not going to do my own. Um, and just there's a handful of things like that that has to be set in motion. And Carmen, of course, knows, you know, when you're getting ready to release something. My goal was to release a single starting uh, next week, which uh, clearly is not happening. Uh, PR, uh, trying to pay for for a publicist to to, to push stuff out to. To slice to get reviews so right. that financial revenue or the revenue stream is definitely uh cumbersome for me or the lack thereof that is cumbersome to me because of basically halting anything that i'm trying to get out there um uh, to create new interest new fans and new revenue yeah. so that's the biggest thing for me and another thing i mentioned down here is <clears throat> Um, out of those 22 gigs, I think, just rough estimate, I think 12 or 13 were trio shows. I have a cello player and a drummer. And yeah. they both get paid, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And fortunately, they both still have their day gigs. But, you know, man, it's I, – I don't know. I've always been that kind of way. I think my dad was always that way where you're worried about the folks around you more than yourself. Mm-hmm. Sure. And, I, you know, that's, that's several – you know, several hundred bucks that they're not going to see, you know, and on top of that is I had some shows set up at <clears throat> some venues I haven't been in that are uh, you new markets. Say are semi, yeah. The markets that I was playing in the Midwest, I've played for a while and there's a couple of venues I hadn't played yet <laughs> that are known to be small stepping stones. Um, one was that like, say for example, the Rose music hall in Columbia, Missouri, uh, the same people that booked the Blue Note in Columbia mm-hmm. are also booking yeah. uh, booking that, so obviously, we'll probably reschedule and have an opportunity to do that, but that first show, getting your foot in the door in places like those, and uh, the Mercury Lounge in Tulsa, Oklahoma, <laughs> is oh, another yeah. one I haven't played yet. And, Great uh, yeah, yeah and, and I know that that's just two examples, but It's just a matter of, like, having that part of the networking, building that up is also lost. You know, financially obviously hurts, especially those that this is their only gig. They're probably scrambling, trying to find a part-time job to places that are close, right? So unless you're working at Kroger or Amazon or a hospital, you might not have an opportunity to get a (laughs) temporary job. Absolutely. So even not only are they losing that, they're losing, you know, they're losing opportunities to be able to build what they're doing now bigger. So Mm -hmm. back to me, like just with those opportunities, you know, not being able to physically be in those places, touring, the network connections that not necessarily lost, but paused, you know, prolonged and building that repeat gigs Mm -hmm. are probably one of the most important things for touring musician. And uh, Carmen might hit on this later, but that, that's more important than actually playing the first gig because that means two things. One, the venue owner, promoter, booking agent, whoever trust and and, and liked you enough to where they're gonna have you back. And two, it gives you an opportunity to invite folks in that area that had not been there and the folks that had come to see you, that mm-hmm. enjoyed it, and be like, hey, no, let's go, and they'll bring two more people. So yeah. that that whole building process is pushed back now, right? Right. And Just kind of like looking over these questions earlier tonight, I was just kind of thinking on that and that's one thing I wanted to bring up is that a lot of fans probably wouldn't think of it that way.
1: It's almost like um, you know, it's almost like just the the pay for the one show that you might lose really isn't um, as critical as actually playing that show in that venue again or playing that show for the first time in that new venue. It's not about like maybe the couple hundred bucks you might get necessarily for playing the show it's actually playing that show you know yes sometimes correct. you know especially for someone that is you know in, in a circumstance where you know there's a maybe another source of income coming in and it's not the full-time deal um you know just playing the shows is so important you know consistently Absolutely.
3: you know yeah i have to be you know uh yeah you know, there's a family of three we've got a little three and a half year old girl yeah um, and like you know beeler mentioned earlier that we're full-time teachers which right now looks a little different you know but uh so my time uh especially i have to be very picky where i tour when i tour Mm -hmm. yeah so i'm fortunate enough to have somewhat of a following now you know five years ago you're not quite as what it is now uh (laughs) so thankfully for that you know i can actually get offers and things and i can turn shows down that i don't feel like fit for me right now whereas five years ago i was taking every single show came my way and i was begging for shows right and so that part of it too is is an ongoing thing and then back to the financial which i think is kind of our core of our conversation is the physical merch sales like i have a merch site but
2: Uh, people
3: like People at concerts, I don't care what you say about CDs or whatever format, people want something physical. You know, they window shop at a concert just as much as they do at a shopping mall. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's little kiosks and things at the checkout register at a, at a store. Like, all those things exist for reasons. So when you have someone that has merch set up, you're like, man, look at that vinyl. Look, it's like three colors. That's crazy, man. How much is that? They're like, oh, okay, let me get that. You know, that those conversations mm-hmm. happen at every single show, even if there's 20 people there. You know, if there's 20 people there, I'll, I still may sell hundred bucks of merch and that may not make a lot of profit, but that's turning over that inventory and gaining, gaining that as well.
2: Yeah, and but uh, if, you just
3: lost, motor, if you just lost 12,
1: 12 shows and then you're selling hundred bucks, I mean, that's that's a couple thousand bucks, you know. I mean like just right up the Yeah, back, no delusion. kidding. You know, like yeah, if I have a bigger is, crowd, I mean, up, you
3: know. And I have a lot of merch. Uh my There's buddy people called live them,
1: but merch, yeah. Walmart
3: of merch. <laughs> 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 but, you know, but no, I mean so for for example, like my guarantees that I had set up for our trio tour, which started would have started the twenty-seventh and went through next Sunday. <clears throat> there was eight shows on that tour. Um the guarantees basically was going to pay my bandmates and the uh, travel expenses. Then I had three three door deals. Maybe would have made money, maybe not. But I was counting on selling merch for myself mm-hmm. to make money. Yeah. Um, so Which that's a wash. My bandmates yeah. don't make any money from it, and then I I haven't sold the merch that I would have.
0: Right. <laughs> so well, hey Drew. That's I- it for
3: me as far as that response. You know, if you want to kind of.
0: No, Drew. Why don't, you, why don't you hop in there and uh, yeah? I mean, start sorry, with. Drew, you
2: keep you Carmen. Uh, no, <laughs> no, you no. You,
1: uh, well, yeah, yeah. I, I planned her. That. Well, that's the thing? I planned her the name. Now I planned her the name of Carmen AD. Um, and so I just released this uh, EP in, in January. Um, Is it a it's the first uh, album under that name. So you know this this kind of shut down, kind of took the wind out of that those sales, you know, s- somewhat. But, but, you know, to be honest, I mean, um, I quit touring full time, you know, six years ago when I moved to Austin, Texas. And, I, you know, I, I'd like joke about it, that I was the first musician in the history of music to move to Austin to stop playing music, you know, <laughs> uh,
2: but, <laughs> yeah. uh,
1: but, but, you know, I, I've always kind of, you know, kind of dabbled in playing shows around town and all my friends are musicians and stuff, but, but, you know, after releasing the EP, uh, you know, I had a, um, I had a daughter about three weeks later. So you know, touring for this hard touring on this album wasn't really in the cards. You know, <laughs> for you know for the next <laughs> for the next year. But yeah. so uh, you know, I, I was just glad to get the album out and get it into the world because um, it had been a while since I'd released any music. So really, I mean that it, it the shutdown really didn't like uh, you know kill my kill anything for me really that much. I mean. I'm still selling uh, uh, albums here and there online, and um, but it's not a break, make or break because I have a career that um, you know is my day job, and I just play around town here and there now. But the the biggest impact that I've seen personally are with my musician friends, who yeah. unlike me, like at this point in their life, I mean they they are full time musicians. They rely on music for their careers. They're, it's their passion. It's you know, it's their jobs; it's their primary source of income. And within a week's time, you know, fifty percent of my friends lost their jobs within right. a week. And and yeah. it wasn't just it wasn't just in music, right? Either like a lot of these guys, the like, um, Yeah, they you know they might be bartenders on the side, or you know, ha- have a gig on the side, you know, in a service industry. Done. You know, like I remember when I was touring full time, uh, I, I had to have a bartending job for like when I was in town, uh, you know, every, you know, for a few days when I, when I was in town, um, make a little side cash. But like, if I would lost my bartending job and my tour income within a week, it would have been, it would have crushed me financially. Right, it just crushed me. Like, I, yeah, I don't I mean, I don't know what I would have done to be honest with me. It's like. Like, you know those like bmi quarterly checks aren't keeping the lights on you know <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> I mean, you know what i mean like yeah you know, spotify and paying the bills really you know so like
2: I, that's a whole know, other just... podcast <laughs> <laughs> yeah it really is streaming, streaming check yeah
1: <laughs> but it just you know it, it it just it just crushes it just crushes me and i'm sure it crushed it has crushed a lot of folks and i mean you know that's that's kind of been the personal impact to me is that like my dearest friends have like all of a sudden just poof nobody had a job you know so
0: yeah that's that's uh i i can't imagine you know most of the people that i know that are uh still playing music are doing it like you guys are 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 doing it as a, a side gig and um i can't Uh, my wife and I have been fortunate in all this and that we're both teachers as well. And so the economic side of it hasn't really hit home with us. You know, my brother's a bartender. They're still doing carry out. He's getting, he cut back one shift from what he was working. Um, but I can't imagine to have everything, not just what you do in terms of like to pay the bills, but also the thing that you love stripped away from you at the same time it's like yeah it's like getting kicked in the nuts and then getting gasoline poured on you and then somebody flicking their cigarette on you all at the same time
2: so
1: so think about this like think about this shit like i haven't like i can't i was thinking about this the other day i can't think of another profession in like the history of the u.s that in a matter of one or two weeks lost the entire profession's product in this case like live shows for every single person in the profession across a whole nation indefinitely and, and a minimum two months, it, it just all in like one week, right? Yeah.
2: Entertainers, a- a- athletes, so, yeah. A- farmers, athletes,
1: musicians, you know, you know, those. Yeah. Like, I mean, farmers have had droughts, right? But it wasn't for every farmer in the entire fucking nation. Sure. Yeah. Like, sure.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. Like in
1: the two thousand eight deal, like the housing market crashed. Like every realtor didn't lose sales. I mean, there were like real estate developers and sharks coming in and buying properties and doing low cost stuff. Like, but, but there's never been a time where every single musician has lost their job in a week, live live musician. Yeah, in the whole nation.
2: Yeah, that's yeah.
1: crazy. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if, if they're wanting a single live show in this entire uh, nation last week,
3: you know? Well, I, you know, I this I... past weekend for sure, because I know by, by the time this weekend, uh, just this recent weekend, I, I would assume all 50 states had real strict yes, like public right now, uh, or... policies at that point. Prior to that, maybe uh, early, maybe two weekends ago, yeah. maybe still had a few, but maybe. by this past weekend, they're done. <laughs>
1: Maybe those fucking dipshit mega churches in fucking Florida or wherever might have had <laughs> are Like you see, you hear about it, it's Like it's, it's oh like, yeah, thoughts and prayers is gonna help shit, man. Like uh, uh, it's crazy. I mean, I guess. There's, there's uh, our yeah. third podcast. Okay. Are you taking yeah, a well, listen,
2: Jason? Because we're we'll just
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Right now I got so Spotify dividends church. and Spotify dividends and mega church concerts.
1: The mega church bands, they've weathered the storm. So, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, so the I mean, church bands
2: have weathered the storm, yeah. otherwise,
0: I, I think, I think you all just answered your own question. So you just got to get <laughs> your friends on the mega church circuit and they're, they're <laughs> know, set, right? set yeah. for, you know, yeah. however.
1: Coming back to 2004 real quick and like, Let's go live in Florida or wherever. <laughs> oh my God.
3: Yeah. Yeah, but can, but I don't know what here. you're saying. But yeah, just like Drew, with like kind of adding to what you're saying with your friends, you know, um, yeah, your ER, uh, music's kind of the theme for this podcast that 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 encompasses all of these entities within it. Um, yeah. You know, and as much as we we may not take it as serious, the service industry is serious. As before, if anyone who's not involved in the service industry slash music entertainment, if they don't take it serious after all this, they weren't paying attention. Right. So I think people now are be like, "Oh, dang, I miss uh, my favorite bartender. I miss Mm -hmm. you know this restaurant I used to go to once a month or something." And and then they're starting to they're starting to be like, "God, I can't even hardly leave the house." And and if you think cabin fever is a thing, try being a musician that hits the road a bunch. You know, a
2: couple weekends a (laughs) month at
3: least. I'm saying like,
1: there's a uh, there's a there's a great band there's uh, well I mean they're not around anymore but there's a great band out of Athens Georgia and, and the name of the band was 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 the best name ever and, and it's it literally refers to exactly all of these people that have lost a job the band's name was workhorses of the entertainment and service industries. <laughs> and I mean, it just like pretty much encompasses yeah, every right great band Everybody. you know, you know, like yeah. workhorses of the service, entertainment service, uh, like, what an awesome band, anyway. What, Drive-By <clears> Truckers
3: <throat> from Athens, aren't they from Athens? Yeah, drive-by
1: yeah, Truckers, truckers are, yeah, oh yeah, definitely, yeah. absolutely, yeah. man.
3: Yeah, they got absolutely. all kinds of good band names coming out of there. <laughs>
1: I'm saying, man, I'm saying. A band name. So, uh, <laughs> I
3: like the band as well, but... So, but, uh, so yeah, talking about some friends, you know, I have a ton of local regional, uh, uh, friends that are musicians and the the list I went through at the beginning about myself, just the gigs lost, Mm the networking, the physical merch sales, obviously the, the, the pay from those shows, uh, their bandmates. I have friends within those friends that are, are in musicians. And it's their the most of their financial support, right? It's the most right. of their income is playing in other people's bands. So if all these yeah. people lost their shows now leave instantly without even having to right. without even booking anything, they've lost their shows. You know, I have some friends that play, you know, drums and bass and guitars and stuff and like four or five different acts whenever they're available. So they're probably playing, in, you know, twenty gigs a month, something like that.
2: Yeah.
3: Um that's another you know, thing I just kind of thought of without, you know, putting it down on my notes is that those folks are are hurting too because they're not even like myself that are trying to book the tours and like you know book Eric Belander shows. They're on all these different things. Their calendars are all over the place. And they're they're hurting just as bad.
0: Well, the the ripples of this. I mean, if you if if you look at it, even even bigger picture, you were talking earlier about you know trying to get people to write about your album. Well. Gannett yeah. Gannett, the huge newspaper conglomerate, just announced today that they're laying off a huge amount of staff throughout the country. Um, and so what do you think the things are that they're gonna start cutting? Well, they're not gonna cut yeah. news writers it, and politics yeah. writers, it's gonna be sports and entertainment yeah. and you know, stuff like that. So yeah. so you know, um, yeah. how many people are gonna be able uh, to I'll be
3: sports will be hurting. mean <laughs> uh, I I mean <laughs> it department. Well, about, you,
1: ain't nothing to write about. I, right
0: right now. now, they you know no, it, no, eventually those no, people no, will no, have. No, no, no. Eventually, they'll have jobs back. But yeah, I mean, yeah, you, you can't you can't be a beat writer for something that's not going on right now. Mm-hmm. Um
3: Yeah, when there's no beat.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. So. Yeah,
1: man, and it's you no, know, it's just <clears throat> it, there's there's the musicians that play like you know with bands and the number of bands. I mean, there's I've got so many friends here in Austin, Texas that they they're drummer or bassist or uh you know pocket guitar lead guitar whatever for um four or five different bands that they stay busy with all year round right right and Yeah. they've all lost their i mean lost their shirts you know i mean just like the bands i mean uh you know <clears throat> they, just, they just it just all poof went up in the air um i mean i was talking to uh, uh john calvin abney a good friend of mine, man, and uh, he plays guitar for um, John Moreland, who just yeah. released an, an excellent, excellent record. LP5, yeah. man, they're getting ready to go on their spring tour, Um, you know, tour on the album, uh, and boom, like, all of a sudden, you know, they John Galvin's like, yeah, my whole spring income is, like, gone, you know? Yeah, and he plays course, solo it,
2: games as well.
1: Yeah, you know, he does. Sure yeah, he does. And that's the thing. Like he can't even fall back on that. Like if like Moreland would have canceled just because of something else, you know, John Calvin could have fallen back on his solo di- gigs or like um you know, he produces he produced my last record, he produces other people's records, he could have gone in and done some work. But it just everything dried up, you know. Um and you know, and that's that's so unfortunate. And you know, there's some there's some music and and I don't know how, you know, Moreland, I'm sure, is, you know, helping, helping out and everything, you know, to, at the level that John uh, Moreland's at now is like, I mean, you know, it's yeah. a business, it's a family business and, you know, they, yeah. he's, he's making them whole and everything. But, um, but, you know, there's, there's, there's sometimes, you know, artists set up performance agreements with venues and sometimes like you might get a partial fee if it gets canceled, right? But you might not, and that all depends on how tight you are with like, you know, your your contracts and your booking agents' contracts or whatever, and the language in there. But during, and, I mean,
3: during this, I can't imagine that would then, even be legally
1: bonded at this prob- point. Probably not. Yeah.
2: Exactly, because you know?
1: the government just says no. Well, you know, I was talking to my, uh, I got a buddy Adam uh, Nuri who lives here in town. He, he plays with um, a, a, you know, he's drummer, bassist. Uh, plays with all kinds of folks excellent musician in, in his own right and uh uh you know i was talking to him he said yeah well i've got some uh you know money coming in from canceled shows where they you know in our contract they said if it gets canceled you know it's you know whatever amount <clears throat> but they still get paid but like that's still not the whole amount of the show to, no. you know right you
3: know and get paid or and what? the idea of a like, deposit because i you know i have some deposits for festivals coming up in the summer yeah, and yeah. even telling the fall that they've already paid me, but uh-huh. nonetheless, like the deposit really is a padding within an agreement saying, Hey, you get yeah. X amount yeah. of your pay, because if we have to cancel on you, say two weeks away, well then you could probably find some kind of replacement gig and exactly. make some of that money back, but not in this There's situation. No there is There's no replacement. There's no replacement Yeah. Gig. yeah. 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 Um, yeah another I mean, thing yeah. I didn't mention earlier is, um, uh, I got hired as a booking agent for a new venue downtown Lexington. Right before oh, yeah. this started, and I'd already booked eighteen shows. I already had eighteen shows in the calendar, like agreements, everything, emails done. So I'm clearly not going to get any money from any of those shows. Yeah, you know? no, nothing. Yeah. You know, it's
1: like ugh. I mean, and you know, the, the hope, the hope here is that all this stuff starts to get rebooked. You know, and like there's going to be this like. A time where everybody's bookings get pushed back, you know, a couple months. Yeah. Assuming that everybody gets back to work and fucking the summer yeah. or whatever. I think some um, already
3: rescheduled for like late yeah, summer. But,
1: but it's like you may never not know, though. You know, may not happen, but like, they've like, already
3: started that process. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So hopefully everything kind of gets like pushed out, pushed back a little yeah. bit, and like you know. But I mean, but it it just happened so fast that it took everybody by surprise. Yeah. You know, I had a friend, my my, my friend Carson, uh, McCone She was she was in uh, Europe, touring with the Fleece Brothers, and she just finished up a, a, a Netherlands tour with them, and she was in Spain on her own, uh, doing her, the rest of the tour. When Trump announced nobody's coming from Europe, he oh, said He's all travel from Europe cut off, and everybody, uh, you know, I, I saw that. I'm like the first thing I thought of was like, holy shit, how am my friend gonna
3: get home? <laughs> like. What? Yeah, and, <laughs> I mean, you know. And not even that, like, they're probably somewhere safe-ish, but how much that, money is it like, going to take to stay there for X amount of time? Like, I'm saying, and they're on the road. You.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and she's like, you God, know, man. she's like on the road, like. That's you know, with sad, and, stuff. Like, and like, usually yeah. when you tour Europe, you know, when you tour Europe, you go over there and like, you get set up with, um, you know, a buyer over there, and they like, take care of everything, you know, they take oh, care really of like. Good. Getting all the amp, you know, all the amps and shit, and like all the all the gear, and then they usually hook you up with like where you're staying and the shows and everything. So it's like you're kind of in the hands of this one person. I don't know. It just it just freaked us out. But she got home safe and everything. You know, yes. she's American That's citizen, scary. was able to get back. And but boy, it just happened like like that. You know, like so quick that yeah. I, I, right
0: right. You know, well, oh, man. dudes, I don't want to cut anybody off, but we're going to take a oh, yeah, uh, yeah. quick a quick break real quick and uh, refill your beverages if that needs to be done. Um, All right. <laughs> we're going to play Eric Bolander's The Wind off of the album by the same name. Please enjoy. Why don't All right, good stuff there from Eric Bolander, The Wind, um, title track off of the album by the same name. Um, back here with Eric Bolander and Drew Carmen, AKA Carmen AD. And uh, we're talking about what this uh, social distancing, nationwide social distancing, and the impact of um, our pandemic current situation is having on the music industry. Um, guys, you know, you guys have both put out albums, uh, in the last year. Um, and I guess what I'm asking right now is that, you know, we talked about touring in the last little bit, but what's going on with people that are trying to put out music right now? Eric alluded to it a little bit earlier when he talked about, he was trying to release some singles, but you know, um, what if you just dropped an album and you were getting ready to tour or, um, you know, people are too busy to maybe look at their Twitter feed and find out if there's music coming out. So, uh, Drew, why don't you take this one first and then Eric will hear from you, uh, after he's done.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, it's, I, I think this is something obviously brand new that, like all of these musicians are going through right now together, especially ones that are putting out music right now. Um, and I, I can particularly talk to a, a friend of mine, uh, uh, Caleb Cottle, uh, he's a musician. He lives in Nashville, Tennessee, right now. Um, he's an old friend of mine that uh, he's out of Winston Salem um, originally, and his old band and my old band used to tour a lot together. And uh, he's putting out his uh, eighth, yeah, eighth studio album um, this Friday. Uh, it's called uh, Better Hurry Up. It's um, you know he's been at it for quite some time. It's it's one of his best works I think he's ever ever put out. Um, and I, and I was talking to him, uh, just kind of texting with him a week or two ago, just like, man, our, our, you know, he's still still going to release this album here coming up on, you know, this week. And, and he was like, yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm doing it. And you got to realize like, you know, he had a, a release tour set up. He was routing his whole thing down, you know, to South by Southwest. Um, You know, him and his manager, uh, Lauren, you know, they'd put hours, countless hours prepping for the release. You know, you get your, uh, you know, you get your press together, you get your radio campaign and press campaigns all mounted up like months beforehand. You know, you get the record pressed on vinyl and CDs, you get those released like it's like you (laughs) you have so much work leading up to this one date and then all of a sudden 3 weeks before that date everything goes to shit yeah <laughs> like, so like what do you do well, well you just trudge <laughs> trudge through you know you like do it you just make it happen right like like the world can't stop you sure. know like they they they've got all this stuff set up and you know everything's in motion so let's do it and and, and, they, and they're going to do it. And it's and it's an amazing album. Um, you know, he recorded at Cash Cabin right outside of Nashville. Uh, he got John Jackson from the Jayhawks uh, to produce it. He's got, uh, oh, man, all kinds of so-and-sos singing on it and playing on it. He's got Courtney Andrews, Elizabeth Cook, uh, Gary Loris from the Jayhawks, John Paul White from Civil Wars. I mean, he's got you know all these folks i mean he's spent so much time putting this thing together uh he wrote a couple songs on there with uh uh what's her name um natalie hemby from the high women you know oh yeah uh, yeah i mean he co-wrote a couple songs with her on the album i mean it's a big thing that he's been working on for so long so of course they're gonna put out and it's a badass album you know and so uh i you know i'm just i'm just so happy he's he's putting it out and hopefully it it does well because here's the thing like on the on the kind of brighter side of things i think of it this way like he's got his radio campaign he's got his press campaign he's got everything all lined up as any normal record would he just doesn't have a tour around it right right so what's going to happen is he's going to put this out and it's going to go gangbusters like it's going to because it's an awesome album and folks are going to be able to uh, dig into the record and listen to it and like familiarize themselves with it and and really enjoy the record and then when all this stuff settles down he's going to be able to do that tour and then those people are going to already be familiar with his record
4: right and they're going right, to come right, right. i
1: think it's going to help his, like his it, sir, tour yeah. even Th- more you know I, there, there's bands that release music that i go see that like you know i I want to hear the old songs because, you know, they're on a new release tour and I haven't even heard the new songs yet. Hardly. You know? Oh man. I think that's, But a, I think this will get, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think that's such a great, for point. someone to digest, you know, digest the music a little bit, you know, and go see, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, shit. I, I,
0: I've got, I've got perfect examples that, I mean, the, the last Sturgill Simpson album took me, I listened to it like two or three times. I was like, I don't know. I, I just, I can't get into that right yeah. now. And it took like three months and I came back to it and I was like, damn, I was like, that was really, yeah. <laughs> I was like, it took me a while, but I, I really, I warmed Fair up enough. to it. Um, the new team, yeah, so
1: you, You got to dig in. You got to dig into the music. Sure, sure,
0: absolutely, and and not just that. You might love it on the first listen, but that doesn't mean you're going to be, you know, at the concert (laughs) singing all the songs or being like, oh, recognizing the first three notes of a song. When you play the first three notes of a song and the audience (laughs) erupts because they know that's their jam. I mean, they're waiting for that. Yeah, and and so like when you're playing that new music, I think you hit hit on something right there. So I mean. The album sounds amazing. I can't wait to listen to it. I uh, haven't yeah, listened to a bunch sure of his stuff in the past. It's, I can't you know, wait. The coolest but... thing,
1: this this record of his is, you know, he recorded at Cash Cabin, like I said, like outside Nashville. He got to play Johnny Cash's, you know, guitar. Yeah,
3: you know, a bunch I saw of the songs pictures he, on he, he posted why he was doing it on social media. Um, oh, I man. played a show or two in Lexington with Caleb and I'm gonna flip yeah. so you can see, like, I don't know if you can see the yeah. screen, but Caleb Cottle was the one of my notes. Oh, too.
2: Yeah, yeah,
3: totally. Because, because I just you know, uh, yesterday I was thinking about this podcast coming up. Yesterday I <laughs> saw him updating some things about it, talking about it. He's doing mm-hmm. a live show. He's doing a top record, top to bottom, uh, Facebook yep. and Instagram live. Um, yeah, on Thursday. On Thursday, he's doing that. Yep. And he's actually he mentioned he's gonna probably tell a story about each song or or uh, most of the songs, which I think you know doing a lot of solo touring, a lot of solo gigs, whenever I do the singer-songwriter type gigs, I think people really dig into that. I do as a Mm -hmm. fan, like if I'm listening to someone, and it's like John Moreland, you know, I played Laurel Cove Music (laughs) Festival with him, and like watching him from the crowd, it was just like very very unique, and just uh, I saw him before solo, um, and and sometimes you know, when they they tell stories, go along with that, bands don't always do that, because sometimes Mm. it's more of a bigger production, right? And yeah, yeah. You don't allow for, for for that kind of time, I guess, to to really spend some more intimate, smaller shows. So I feel like this will be, you know, just sitting on your couch, watching on your phone or laptop, and then yeah. be able to really go through and say, you know, this the, this song's about this, or I was in this mindset and headspace yeah. when I left be... oh, yeah, it. He yeah, 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 he's a super sweet dude, man. i was is, man. Super sweet guy. Uh,
1: I think this is a really good time that we'll see that musicians will really open up themselves and and their songwriting and the stories behind the songs, because there's so many musicians right now they're sitting around and they, they put their cameras out and they, they do their guitar thing and they talk about their songs and they're doing the live thing. And it's not as intimate as being live with them. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, musicians, they're, they're opening up a little bit more because it's a little bit easier for you to open up when you're sitting in your living room talking to your phone maybe than yeah. in front of 100, 100 people. Absolutely. You can talk about the song because, you know, the old couch that you wrote it on is like you're, you're sitting on it, you know, and that, and, that dog, and that dog is laying next to you that you wrote the, the, the song with, you know. And, and <laughs> it, I think it gives a bit of comfort to talking about the songs and really opening up about the songwriting. So for real
3: big fans, this is, man, this is a good time. Yeah, I think so. I'm gonna try my best to watch it. I'm I'm a uh, absolutely. I'm a big Caleb Cottle fan for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, You know, funny story. I met him. uh, We uh, friend of mine, uh, Michelle, put together this uh, music showcase uh, 2005 uh, at Al's Bar here in Lexington, which is pretty small, small bar. Yeah, I played Al's. Remember Al's Bar? Yeah, way back in the day. Outside in the beer garden, there was five of us, like solo acoustic. And inside, there were five bands, and uh, Caleb Cottle was one of them, and Tyler wow. Childers was another. <laughs> nice! <laughs> so nice! Like the, yeah. yeah, the Flyers, like, Tyler Childers, Arlo McKinley, my buddy's band, the Rooster's Crow, which you probably remember that. Yeah, there, yeah, 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 totally. Uh, yeah, I do, yeah. And, uh And Caleb Cottle, and I I might be missing one other act that was inside. And then outside was uh, five solo artists, myself, Brian Minks, Jordan Brewer, Josh Nolan, and, mm-hmm. uh, Egon Danielson, I think the other one. So it's kind of interesting, you know, back and forth. It was just like one long evening. I think it oh, may have yeah. been like eight bucks at the door. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, know, oh yeah, you know, yeah, it's uh, pretty
1: cool. You know, you know, Caleb been running around for.
3: A long That's time. cool, man. No, I've, oldest and dearest. I Got a chance friend. to chat with him a few times, and like he's been very humble, very nice, and 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 yeah. he's friends with Michelle and a handful of folks here in town. So he tries to come and through Lexington each time he can,
1: man. I, I'll tell you, you know, he, he he's got a business. You know, it's a, it's a family business. Like he um, he does her well for himself. You know, uh, touring and making music, and his and his wife, uh, Lauren, is his manager, and mm. is just like she's his rock. You know, and and she just like grinds and hustles, probably harder than he does, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, <laughs> but, but that's they, the kind they, of manager you a, want. Man, they have a they have a family business, and they get it done. And they're just the the sweetest, kindest people, man. And I, I I love it every time they come through, and we get to see them and spend some time with them.
3: Yeah, and he's got some really good, you know, even on that last record he did prior to this one coming up, uh, some uh, some really uh, some big home runs as far as PR and, and, oh, yeah, and yeah, things yeah. like that. Right. So I think that helped him get on a, a more of a national landscape. Yeah, you know, and, so and this new album.
1: Y'all, y'all check out this new album. It's going gonna, it's gonna to do some great stuff.
0: <clears throat> well, uh, I'm excited. Eric, do you have any <clears throat> buddy that you know that's releasing anything that's coming up in the next couple weeks, or maybe that was just released that you think might fly under the radar because of all this that you well, want to talk about? Um,
3: man, I was trying to look up and think about it. Like I said, literally, Caleb Cottle was the only one I listed my name on my notes, but... <clears throat> I can't think off the top of my head of anyone that's like recently put out something or is put was tracked to put out something that they can't now because of this. Right. Um I know Mojo I mean, Thunder is a rock and roll band here in town. I know they had something coming up. I can't remember if they actually put it out or if or if they, if they were in the, the works of putting something out. Um but uh I, I watched just- their
0: set the other night. That's a that's a good segue actually. Um, I watched their set the other night yeah. on the social distancing festival the night before I watched your awesome. yeah, set. Yeah. Um, yeah, Mo- Mojo Thunder's uh pretty unique, man. They, uh, they're awesome, man. I don't know. Their lead singer sounds like a, a, a mix between Janis Joplin and, uh, Robert Plant. Like it's, it's bizarre, <laughs> yeah. man, but they're, <laughs> they're, they're, they're <laughs> uh, they're, they're, they're high energy and, uh, they sound yeah, good man. and they're fun lives.
3: My rock band, Alcatraz Shakedown, has played a couple, uh, handful of shows with them, and uh, their drummer actually was uh, doing an apprenticeship at a studio when Alcatraz tracked some, uh, some music for an EP we put out a few years ago, so I got to know him
0: Yeah, it they, they before they seem I got to
3: know Mojo Thunder, which was kind of cool.
0: They seem cool, and they're young, too, right?
3: Yeah, they're young dudes, early yeah, 20s, yeah, kind of college right. age.
0: Well for us that's fucking young i, mean, yeah, I don't just, know what yeah. i don't know what you're talking about but that's for me that's but, uh, like yeah, out of the not, cradle uh, you, you so, the, uh, the, the social distance yeah, yeah yeah no 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 you're good so but um you know so this is the next i don't know the 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 interim period for us i suppose um as, as musicians figure this out and venues figure this out they try to figure out a way to uh still offer people a place to play and musicians a way to maybe make a little bit of money um, yeah. so it, it, you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, but it, basically the social distancing festival was the, almost the same lineup as the master musicians festival that'll, um, that is set to say, take place in Somerset or have they canceled it? And this was in l- lieu of, or
3: no. So, um, that's not correct. Actually. Oh, okay. So um, correct me here. A good chunk, a good chunk of the folks that they got on board for the social distance fest um, are on the lineup. Gotcha, gotcha. gotcha okay yeah, yeah. But um, my buddy Kyle, who's who is Buck the Taxidermans, <laughs> great band, indie band, alternative band here in yeah, Lexington. I know I love the name. <laughs> Amazing.
2: Um, name.
3: But anyway, he he hit me up and he was trying to get like ten or so buddies. He's like, hey man, I'm gonna do this Instagram live thing. We're just gonna do like you know a few bands every night for a week or something, and just and, and do it like a festival. I was like, yeah, man, let me know what night and and I'll, I'll figure out availability or what have you. It's crazy, it Didn't blew hear up. About it for, yeah, so then a couple of days later, he's like, hey, or Tiffany Finley, who's the president of the Master Musicians Festival, who's also my manager, shout out Tiffany,
2: <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh,
3: she hit me up two days after that, and I was like, oh, that's funny. Kyle had already hit me up about this. I'm glad you're getting involved. She was like, yeah, and the borough, which is a great venue here in town, uh, is, is getting involved. And I was like, dang, this is going to be great. And then next thing I know, the Blackfoot gypsies and like a handful of these other Arlie McKinley and a bunch of these other bands yeah. are on it. And I'm like, dang, this turned out to be, you know, Ben Solee was part of it. Yeah, he played but- uh, he played right before I did. But so anyway, yeah, so people were it was just kind of open forum, informal, so to speak, even though it was like very formal, organized and everything. But um, some folks were just on their couch with their cell phones playing their acoustics. Some folks were at a studio in East Nashville. I think Blackfoot Gypsies were. Um, obviously empty, you know, skeleton crews. Right. Um, my buddy Rob, who works with the Austin city saloon in Corbin, Kentucky had messaged me and was like, Hey man, uh, we've, we're doing this live stream concerts. Um, we, we got someone who backed out. Can you do it this Friday? So you sort of double dipped like, on that. Yeah. So it was last Friday, yeah, yeah. and I was like, Oh no, I'm doing the social distancing fest. I can't, it's the same time slot. So then the more I thought about it and I was going to set up at my buddy's studio here in town, my trio was going to play and my buddy's got kids and
2: him and his,
3: his kid's mom were both agrees. Like, Hey, we're not going to go out extra and do these things or try to stay safe. Sure. And he hit me up. He's like, man, I don't feel comfortable. I was like, actually, you know, I agree with that. I'm not sure how to, how to play this. So I hit my band up. I was like, I'm just going to do it solo, man. Probably be the safest for all of us. And then, uh the day before I reached back out to Rob. I was like, Hey, did you ever find your replacement? And he's like, No. I was like, Well, if you're cool with me doing a solo, um, and we can basically share it into the social distance fest event and double kind of double dip. Yeah. And uh so he he double checked with Brock, who's the owner of it, and they were like, Cool, let's do it. So then when I get down here, of course, Rob does sound, you know, and uh his buddy that works there, Mark, was doing the video. So it sounded way better than it would have just my cell phone in front of right, me, right, right. you know, and trying to get an angle that looked halfway decent. I will and say... there was only, like, six human beings in the building, and it's a humongous place, so, like, I felt pretty safe. They had curbside food. They have a garage door they had open with a table in front, and they were... They, they were doing, doing all they could to, you know, the you know, people serving food were wearing gloves, they had germ out at the table. They were they're being very cautious about the whole thing, and I, I was like, man, I feel... I feel just as safe here as being at the house in my office or garage. I was like, and it sounds way better than it would have, sure. you know? So, um, and they have bourbon there. So that was a plus. Yeah. <laughs> cool. That's also That's a disinfectant. Weird. But, but people were very generous tipping. Uh, I got a couple merch yeah. sales from it. And I know other friends even doing it at their house when they're putting their Venmo and their PayPal links, people are wanting to do it. I think people are like, yeah. well, you no, know, I would have paid five or 10 bucks to go see the show. Let me sure. just give them five or 10 bucks.
2: And yeah, I, yeah.
3: Uh, I think that's helping musicians, you know, scratch a little bit at the at climbing out of the hole here.
0: Yeah. And I think that's where I was going with the, uh, the question. So, I I mean, I think that we're going to see more and more of these things uh, pop up. And, you know, some people yeah. are, are artists that don't need the money that are huge name artists that are doing these things. And, donating all the money to causes and stuff like that. But I think that, that what what you're going to see is the people that need to make money, um, that, and and venues that need to make money are going to say, Mm -hmm. Hey, look, man, let's, let's do this. You'll come in. You'll be the only person here that like, so there's no issue with that. And, uh, you know, we'll stream it out on our website or or, or do whatever. But
3: Cosmic yeah. Charlie's here in town, not to interrupt, but just a shout out to them. Yeah. They, they had started doing it. Yeah. They, they're still doing yep. it.
0: I saw And I they're saw.
3: taking, they're trying to get tips for the bar, uh, people that are working at the bar and Ooh. the musicians. And the Burl, yeah. uh, during the social distance fest were also taking tips for their staff. Um, so yeah. people are, you know, trying to help in that that aspect. Yeah, Drew, what do and you I got know, going in Austin? I know here in uh yeah, yeah man, in Austin there's yeah, there's there's so much stuff. I
1: mean, there's we have so many musicians here that uh, you know their livelihood depends on on uh you know some of them playing six nights a week, you know. Right. Um in, in town, you know, and like some tour and everything. So, uh I know that uh, uh one of the biggest groups here is a uh, HAM, H A A M, that's Health Alliance for Austin Musicians. It's a uh, nonprofit that uh, is set up to help musicians um, access affordable health care okay. Um, and you know in, in any given year they help you know a couple thousand Austin musicians find affordable health care that otherwise would, wouldn't have an insurance without them um, but you know after That's this great. all happened, oh it's a, it's an amazing organization. Um, it, it's highly respected and, and people, you know, uh, support it, you know, a, a lot in town. And right after all this stuff happened, they really quickly pivoted, um, you know, to not only maintaining their, you know, all the insurance stuff that they do, but they became this resource to help musicians who needed like food and like rent wow, yeah, and, yeah. and like helping just like basic needs. I mean, they were, they were sending out, um, uh, H-E-B gift card. H-E-B is a, a local grocer here. They're sending out local grocer uh, gift cards, you know, to, you know, Man, musicians that were just like, look, we uh, we just lost everything. We don't we don't have any money coming in, you know. Um, and so they have this at South by Southwest every year. They had Ray Benson from uh, uh, Driving and Crying. He had a big Ray Benson birthday bash every year. I mean, they've had huge artists play there with Ray, like, you know, Favorite Brothers, and Dada Dada, all these different, you know, tons of massive bands. And like, that's their big fundraiser every year. And of course it got canceled this year. They raised a half a million dollars every year for him wow. at this event, you know, and it got canceled for this year. So, you know, they're really, uh, they're really in need of, uh, you know, people donating, donating to the cause. And it, it, I mean, it literally goes directly to uh, Awesome Musicians. Um, so I know that, and, and, and there's, there's so many, there's, there's Black Fred, there's, I mean, there's so many other, uh, organizations like that in Austin, just with Austin being such a, a big music town, um, you know, of anywhere, like as weird as it, as it sounds, like I, I wouldn't want to be anywhere other than Austin if I was a full-time musician, you know, because there's so much community support here, you know, um, but, but like, I, I don't know, I, it, it, it's tough though, like it's and it's gonna be tough. Like it's just not the same.
0: Sure, yeah. nothing's yeah.
1: like, like you can hear somebody playing, about earlier. Yeah, like you can hear somebody playing a show on your phone or whatever. But it's, I'm sorry. I mean, fuck. It's just not the same as seeing somebody playing live. You know, <laughs> no doubt. And so like, it's it's tough, and it's we're just gonna, I don't know, have to have to get through that and like. Be more creative or whatever. Figure other stuff out as we go. You
3: know? I, I think if you know anything, I'm I'm very much a glass half full guy most of my life, day to day. And if anything from all this, I think folks that are paying attention, the the real like hardcore fans of all of us that really want to come out to the shows and support local regional music. I think mm-hmm. those folks that are tuning in and are tipping and doing all those things they can now are going to be even more excited to come to the shows like when it's ready, it I really yeah. do. I, yeah. I think once things clear up and hopefully within a month or two, whatever, however long that timeline ends up being, um, yeah. I think it really will, uh, uh, get those folks excited. Uh, along the lines yeah, of like I think financial so, support, you mentioned, um, I do my merch through big cartel. I have a mm-hmm. lot of buddies that use BigCartel.com, yep. and, uh, I got an email from them today, uh, that they have like fifty thousand bucks in, in as grant money, and they're taking applications. No, no strings, and not even music related. You need groceries, <laughs> you need electric bill, or you do need music or art supplies or that kind of wow. stuff. Uh, they want people to to apply, and and I was like, oh, cool. So I know I have a handful. Like my good buddy Justin Wells, he's a touring musician that's being hit real hard right now, and I know he's part of Big Cartel. Uh, his merch mm-hmm. sites on there. I'm hoping he reaches out and, and gets some extra support and, and like my friends that use it. Um, I thought that was pretty cool. That was unexpected. Yeah. Um, I, didn't, I didn't expect that. I think CD Baby's not necessarily giving financial help. I think I saw something, I some of those emails you get so many. Ben, you ben through, camp but I think they sent an email yeah. about.
1: Yeah, Bank Cam did a thing uh, where they were waiving all their fees. Uh, they're, you know, yeah, they right. pushing all their fees just to the uh, artists. A couple of days ago, I mean, everybody's everybody's trying to do their, you know, their, their thing. You know, in the meantime, but like, you know, it'll it'll be a, a true testament to the organizations that like stick through and like in in a month from now or two months from now when when all this stuff is like uh, hopefully not continuing, but it may be that it'll be really testament to those organizations that really stick through and like continue to support uh, uh, musicians you know
0: cool we're going to take
3: I'm going to grab my phone plug real (laughs) quick oh okay
0: well then that's a good time to take one more quick break and uh, this time we are going to listen to a Carmen AD track The Wilderness off of the album by the same name here you go
5: stands on the rim, and I told him I'd seen her silhouette in my eyes, now it's coming is fine
0: All right. Good stuff. That was The Wilderness off of the album by the same name, Carmen A.D. Good stuff there, Drew. Um, so getting back to our conversation here, we were talking a little bit about festivals or um, um concerts online and you know facebook live or instagram live or um other streaming services where people are are streaming their sets and we sort of came to the conclusion that it's not quite the not quite the same but i mean sometimes something's better than nothing and i know that the couple that i listened to last week on facebook live for that social distancing festival um it was nice to see people that i knew out there playing and Enjoying themselves and like we we mentioned earlier, telling stories about the songs and things like that. Um, Eric telling stories about not washing his hands for five days because he high, <laughs> high-fived Ric Flair. So
3: um, I was, you know, yeah, you I was like, I was like yeah. ten years old. Yeah, there was there was no coronavirus. Yeah,
0: nineteen eighty-nine. There was no coronavirus. I don't in know. Ric Flair probably had it at that point. Yeah, <laughs> he's just immune to it. <laughs>
3: Patient zero. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, <laughs> um, but the, the, the next thing we wanted to get to with that is, uh, so in your all's estimation, you know, and again, you guys are both, um, lucky enough to have other jobs where, you know, this isn't your primary source of income for, but for those people that we know and that we love who are our local musicians or our, our touring musicians, um, what's the best way to support them right now as far as you all Um, are there funds set up or is it as simple as going to their websites? I think directly
3: to those folks. I think on the local regional, we have a humongous uh, social uh, media following or humongous support from social media following, whereas larger acts. uh, Yes. Of course, their social media uh, numbers are humongous but they're not putting up their Venmo. You know, Sturgill Simpson's not putting his Venmo up. But if you know friends or local artists, musicians that you you follow, and regional musicians that you follow that you know are are toughing it in a van or their vehicle, and that's what they do as they're living, uh, go find them on social media. See if they have posted something. I don't care if they did the show last week online, even part of that social distance fest. If you saw one of those artists and you've got an extra 10 bucks a week, go back, find those artists, send their, you know, Venmo tip or PayPal. Like it's not set up as a tip, so to speak. It's just the nickname for it. It's just literally their Venmo or PayPal accounts. Uh, Secondly, and this is, this is anytime, even without the pandemic, uh, buy merch off their website
2: mm-hmm. you know if you
3: obviously when we get back to touring and playing shows go see the see the show and buy it there but go buy merch from those those folks that's the two thing and my two things in my opinion that would would help give them the biggest boost possible because you're actually giving them uh some kind of monetary flow right You're you're actually purchasing a, a product from them or giving them a tip if they have pre-sales, if they do have an album coming out, just like Caleb Cottle we mentioned, like things like that pre-order the album, go ahead and do that um, yeah. and, and literally, you know, for those bands you love and you stream on Spotify a crap ton and you can't go see them and you can't go buy their vinyl and you don't want to pay for shipping go to iTunes and buy the damn vinyl or buy the, the album digital pay the 99 cents a song like do that, that'll help I mean that's definitely going to help more than Spotify would so like do all those things and then third thing lastly for those bands and social media being so vital share all of that share Mm -hmm. a handful of times share their merch site their website the songs they just put out whatever that stuff adds up um very quickly
1: yeah i think that's that's pretty critical you know just like uh for you know going to the social media website liking it you know sharing it with your friends um uh you know whenever you see that they might be doing a live stream especially right now just log on and even if it's even if you're doing mm-hmm. something let's say you're cooking dinner or something log on and just put your phone to the side because it says that you're logged on and that's one more person that's logged on yeah. that they get to see that's listening to
3: them you right. know and share, and that's it. Critical. share that actual yeah, share video it. even if you don't have time just get on share it and turn your phone off if you can't physically do it at that yeah. point right yeah like that helps too
1: yeah, man, it's critical that like artists know that people are giving a fuck about them, you know, and man. and they see it, you know, they really see it, and so just like, you know, follow the, those those bands that you really like, and just and and really really follow them. I mean, shit, y'all ain't got nothing else to do right now, you know, <laughs> like at your house, you know, <laughs> so watch, so
3: them, you know,
1: watch
3: <laughs> their, thing, yeah, you know, if, if there were any. Stuff. Any time of a musician's career to where fans yeah. do not have an excuse to not not just watch them, click yeah. on something on. or share something, it's now.
2: It's like, now, you know, I mean, screw you, is. click share, post yeah. it, do
3: it. You are
1: on your phone ninety percent of the day right yeah. now. I know you are. Turn the news
3: yeah. off and share Whoever's something. listening to this podcast <laughs> is listening literally on their phone. Go right now. Yeah. Facebook, Instagram, whatever, It start start sharing yeah. our pages.
1: Man, I tell you that you know but uh but yeah I you know just kind of like you know s- s- switching gears like the the creation side of this right i think is going to be a big big thing for musicians as as we ha- there's this time that they're just like locked in their you know how's it you know i yeah. thought right when all this has happened I was talking to john calvin and and I was like we're you know I was strategizing I was like look man if you if you've you know hit some hard times you know let's let's strategize and see how we can you know make some stuff work and in my head I'm like all right okay so what we're gonna do is uh, get all these musicians and we're gonna lock us all up for 14 days in a, in a <laughs> recording studio and we're gonna make this pandemic album and and, man, and then I was like oh man. Yeah, my wife and my uh, four-week-old baby is not gonna. <laughs> like <ourselves>, you, know.
3: <laughs> you better, you <laughs> better make it non two two weeks i <laughs> Well, as wonderful
1: as all my music friends are, but <laughs> but like you know, there but there, there really is some stuff that that's coming out of these that's going to come out of this. And here's the thing: I think it's going to elevate songwriting as a whole. Uh, and 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 what I mean by that is, you know, everybody can write the isolation blues or whatever, you know, like everybody's going to write a song like that, whatever. fuck. But I think it's going to be the real musicians who can take this like really crazy time and turn it into something really new and creative and thoughtful and, and, and songs that, that really like step outside the box that reference this time uh, uh, alone and in isolation that, that, that really is going to be something really creative. And I, you know, I, I think it's going to be awesome. You know, I really do. I, like there's going to I be, like, you not- know, there's going to be a lot of bullshit that comes yeah. out of it. You know, people, like I said, right in the like isolation blues or whatever, but like there's going to be some really creative stuff that comes out of this, I think.
3: Yeah. I think, you know, for me, it gives me, to, cause I stay really busy at nonstop. Yeah. You know, wife makes fun of me that I don't know how to relax, which I've done that greatly here uh, recently because yeah. you know, I'm home. But <laughs> but uh, for me, I, I keep I keep so many irons in the fire that this is like taking a lot of those out without me wanting it. Yeah. So now, I've like, I already have, you know, uh, three quarters of a new song written. I have uh, half of another song written, and I've got, like, three other ideas I've recorded on my phone, all the while working on other stuff musically. Um, when I can, you know, and, you know, most of the time I'm spending hanging out with the little girl and me and my wife are trying to take turns with that kind of stuff, yeah, which is yeah. fun. But when I sit down with my guitar, it's put me in a different mindset than I have been in the past when I'm writing music. And and it's also a different event, life event that has never really happened. I mean, we yeah. can talk about things that's happened hundred yeah. years ago, but yeah. the population is different. So this is like yeah. a whole different unique thing that you know, a pandemic in this manner has never happened the way it's happening now with the technology and everything that we have in our oh, hands so you know definitely like the song that's almost finished is a derivative it's not about this tom but it's a derivative of what's happening right now for sure
0: well we, man,
1: and i'll say that i think that oh, oh go ahead
0: no 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 you're good you're good man go for I, it i
1: was just gonna say you know the craziest thing is about this is like I've been thinking about this a lot, like how, how it's going to, you know, p- create all this creative thought. But, but one of the craziest thing is, it's like, I've been listening to music in a different light as well. Right. So, and I'll give you a couple examples. One example is, uh, I don't know if you guys have heard the new Bob Dylan single that he just released a couple days ago. First single he's released in years and years and years is called murder so foul. It's, um, uh, it's about the Kennedy assassination. It's a 17 minute song about the Kennedy assassination. Right. And it's like, it's, it's like pure Bob Dylan. Right. So I'm listening to that song and I'm taking a walk with my, with my new daughter and it's a 17 minute song. And I find myself taking a 17 minute walk. And then I end up taking another 17 minute walk to listen to it again. and, I know that I'm hearing that song and you got to listen to the song to know what I'm talking about, but I know I'm hearing that song these days differently than I would hear that song a month ago.
2: Right.
3: Yeah. That's okay. a good point, man. Especially with a newborn. Um, that makes a whole different, yeah, exactly. different uh, and, 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 and sort and, of headspace.
1: Yeah. And especially that song, but uh, you know, I, I, I will, I will say this and I told Jason, I was going to, I told Jason I was going to end with this, but I'll just say it right now. Um, there's a song that uh, that a friend of mine put out. His name is Ben Ballinger. Uh, he's a musician here in Austin, Texas. One of my favorite songwriters uh, ever. And it's he, he put out a song on February 23rd. And uh, he, he'd written it long, long ago, right? Uh, months, years ago. I don't know when he wrote it, but a while ago. And it's haunting what the song means to me now than it did a month ago when he released it and this release i'll say is probably the most poignant and best timed released song in the history of music i'm just going to say that right now <laughs> okay this is the best timed release song in the history of music and so all i'll say is just give it a listen it's called miss america m-i-s-s america Miss America. It right
2: now
1: <laughs> yeah but but by, by ben ballinger and 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 he released it on february 23rd right as all this was going on and and give it a listen because it's it's boy oh boy it's uh it, it'll it'll make you think about things man um and he, he's a wonderful artist as well i could talk days and days about my buddy ben but uh but but definitely listen to that song um you just released and i'll leave it at that man because you'll hear it differently than you probably yeah. would have a month ago thanks man i
3: just i just added it so, so that's I to it later
0: i think you bring up two really interesting points there one is that um you know for a musician, for an artist, the thought of the thing that you love and the way that you support yourself being stripped from you through no fault of your own, through no fault of anybody, and it just being gone. I mean, that to me is, you know, is as big of a heartbreak as losing the love of your life, as big of a heartbreak Mm -hmm. as any. So I, I think that from the creation side of it, Um, I'm not a musician, but I I think from the creation side of it, you, we know that great art comes from struggle and from loss and from hardship. And so, um, I, I can definitely see not just from a lyrical side of things, but just from the, the way that you start piecing things together when what you thought to be like flat, turns out to be a valley or a hill or whatever, like your reality is altered and jutted in that way. Um, But I I, I love that you bring up the fact, the way that we listen to or hear things differently as well, because I did the same thing the other day. I was like, I just need something. I was cooking dinner. I was like, something that's going to put me in a good mood. And the album I put on was Sky Blue Sky by Wilco, but I've just, uh, but I just finished Jeff Tweedy's biography. And I know that he wrote that song with his, family while his wife was going through chemo and it was about like what would we do if we lost the like rock of our life well the, everything i'm hearing then as i'm listening to this is like well the rock of our life is the fact that we thought we knew what the fuck was going on and that everything worked and it was supposed to be this way yeah. and all of a sudden yeah. it's not yeah. so like yeah it, it, it absolutely flips uh flips shit on its head and um you know, makes us, which is good. You know, I, I, I teach literature and it's, it's not about the artist's intent. It's about as an artist coming to a point where you say, I'm going to put this out there and hopefully people can get something out of it. If they get the same thing that I intended, that's great. But if they can get anything out of it, that's even better. And so like the artist intent sort of goes out the window. And I think that we'll, we'll start looking at and listening to things much differently, um, in the wake of all this.
3: Yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree. And yeah. I think too, like dependent upon where someone's at in their life, you know, you think about <clears throat> like Eastern Kentucky and West Virginia and North Carolina with coal mining industry over the last two decades. Sure. And you think about the families that were just not even financially impacted, but, just socially impacted by losing damn near everything because uh, a company picked up, moved out or mm-hmm. and just like with the black jewel mine company that was sure. basically had like, was it three months wages for the, every company worker. And they had, they had a million dollars worth of coal sitting on the railhead. So those coal miners in Eastern Kentucky went and camped out on the rail. Like, no, you're not taking it. We did yeah. the work. And, and it's kind of like, you know, I don't think it's on that level. Uh, I think that's, I think, I mean, I think, you know, there's parallels. I right. me preface by right, right. absolute parallels. I, I don't, I wouldn't necessarily put it on the same shelf as that, because it's as like, you know, generation of generation of generation of, of being the coal miner or working in the coal mines in some way, but the parallel that I can take from it, from, from my friends that are in the service industry or musicians is that their way of life was stripped out of you know within a week, right? Yeah. Absolutely. So I think that parallel versus music and art that were that had been done over the last several decades based on the coal mining industry will have some parallels within the music and art dealing mm-hmm. with specific situations from what's happening now. Yeah.
2: I, there's you know, music my wife come and out I have
3: this. our daughter, we have income, we have a decent home, we have, you know, food we have all the things we need, but when I was three years old and we had an outhouse and my dad was a carpenter and lost his job, you know, my perspective of a situation like this would be extremely different. So I take like, you know, three-year-old me, which I wouldn't really remember, but my family of five, I was the youngest, right? What would my mom and dad be going through right now had this happened in 1983? Right. Sure. And suddenly, you know, you're, uh, I mean, we got, you know, government assistance on some things and I eat government cheese sandwiches, you know, <laughs> things like that. Yeah. Like what's happening with families right now that are living in those types of situations? And I think that's the parallel from like the coal industry because mm. families were living check to check anyway. Sure. And then suddenly when they lost all of it, i mean it's the same kind of idea with i have i have friends that are you know musicians that are married you know and things like that so their' the entire house income is gone so i think yeah i think definitely back to the drew's point of of sort of this connection to the time and like the creative thoughtfulness that will happen in response and you know i have my own but my own will be in the same realm as the folks that are just trying to survive let alone Mm. trying to write a song. right and i'm not trying to survive i'm just staying at the house you know what i'm saying (laughs) but i know people that are trying to freaking survive like literally trying to figure it out trying to find ways to, to get some extra cash to go out and buy just basic groceries or you know soap and things like that and that that level i think when those folks dig into that it's going to be breathtaking and beautiful in a weird way,
0: you know? Ah, it's powerful. Powerful Yeah. I mean, that's that's the hope of, you know, you guys are are making the stuff. I just sit back and appreciate it. But that's you know, <laughs> the hope from the rest of us that you know, that what we pull out of all this is shitty as it is with with people dying every day and you know, people scared and freaked out all the time. Um the the hope is that that in five years or 10 years, we'd look back on this and be like, yeah, but look what came out of that. Um, and, and usually yeah. it, it, if history is the gauge of that, um, great art will be produced. I mean, if that's the, uh, if that's sure. the metric we're looking at that you look at those times of hardship and struggle and, and usually great art is produced. So maybe, maybe we try to end this on a little bit of a, a high note here. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well no 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 no. i mean that's that's what this is supposed to be i mean that's that's what the we want to talk about how it's impacting musicians and it's obviously not impacting them positively but um maybe um either give us last thoughts on this or or tell tell a story about somebody whose music that we should go out and listen to and uh, make it an entertaining one
3: man it's, it's, oh yeah go I, listen to just thought AD. I Thought, thought, <laughs> thought I, I just I'm ready to dive into the <laughs> Man um, I, I tell you what I could go and I, Maybe I'll just email you a list And I, I have So many people that I've had the privilege Of sharing shows with Over the last few years For sure it's absurd And I, yeah, I think just Looking up local, whoever's listening to this, maybe fans of ours, maybe just listening to the podcast. If you're a music advocate and and really listen to a lot of like uh, underground music, indie music, then find the handful that you already know and go to their social media and see who they're posting about. If you like Eric Bolander, then you're going to hear names like Justin Wells and Sean Whiting and Derek Spencer and uh, Arlo McKinley and a plethora of other people that i've played shows with and i'm really digging uh i have a spotify um playlist that's called musical bridges not gonna add carmen ad to that (laughs) sort of we had a podcast together i'll count it but but anyway it's it's songs from artists that i've shared the stage with and um a handful that are some bigger names, Tyler Childers. I'm obviously not friends with Tyler Childers, but I've played a couple times. I played on a couple festivals, and I played that show at House Bar years ago. Um, some people on that level, and then there's a bunch of people on my level. You know, as they were just playing shows, just out here independently doing it. And uh, but again, if you look up Eric Bellinger on Spotify, my my actual Spotify account, you'll see the Musical Bridges playlist. I'll and put I'll put a link to for that on here go check it out and, and listen to those, those artists.
0: I'll put a link to that playlist on the, uh, on the website.
3: That'd be perfect. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Drew, uh,
1: man, I'll, I'll give you one, I'll give you one great, uh, album or person to listen to. Um, and I mentioned him before my friend, Ben Ballinger. Uh, he's from Austin, Texas. Um, he, uh, he came out with an EP uh, called something to show for it. Um, uh, he came out with it in, uh, I think November of this past year. So, you know, like a lot of musicians, he's, you know, uh, you know, has this new album and everything's kind of stopped or whatever, but, um, he's a, he's a resourceful dude and he's, he's got all kinds of other, you know, pot, pots on the burner. Um, but, but the EP that he put out something to show for it, it's, it's it's one of my favorite uh uh eps that i've heard in the past probably 3 or 4 years. um it's an amazing amazing uh set of songs. uh particularly uh little professors. also go check out miss america his, his newest single because it's uh it's a song for the times for sure.
0: right on. well uh i think we're going to close with miss america. i'll uh tack that on at the end here. Um, if you visit the Think Peace Podcast website, that's thinkpeacepodcast.weebly.com, you can find links to Drew's music, Eric's music, several other artists that we mentioned throughout the podcast, um, as well as some nonprofits out there that are supporting struggling musicians. The rumor is that this, you know, new federal stimulus bill is allowing independent artists to file for unemployment. I know there was a big push by. Um, uh, Fugazi and Bikini Kill and Neutral Milk Hotel. They were trying to make sure that uh, artists didn't get left behind, but we'll, we'll make, you know, we'll hope that all of that uh, got in there and who knows. But support of art goes so much further than the pockets. Uh, it goes into those musicians' souls and the music that they produce so that they can keep producing it, the stuff that helps us to you know, get on day to day, uh, even pandemic or no pandemic. But, uh, I know that Eric and Drew, you guys are both like me that, that, you know, there's probably music playing within an earshot of you, probably the majority of your waking hours. So, um, absolutely. You know, this is stuff that whether or not we pay for it as much as we should, whether or not we appreciate as much as we should, uh, it really does keep us going. So, Thank you, Eric and Drew, for being on tonight, uh, for Amen. making some great music. And uh, everybody that's out there listening, be safe. Soothe yourself with the music that we, um, that we linked on here. And uh, thanks for listening. Cheers.
1: Cheers. Wash them hands. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Wash
0: your hands. That's right, y'all. Wash your hands and enjoy. Miss America by Ben Ballinger. Peace out.
4: Some uh